0: Welcome back to another episode of Gumbo. Uh, My name is Ja.
1: Hey, you know it's your boy. It's Dugo.
0: And uh, we are here to provide you guys with more fantasy football tips, tricks, and advice to make sure you can bring home a Shiva one of these days because we know it's been long enough.
1: Whoa, calm down, Jamal. Don't pull out the nine.
0: So, Dugo, I want to kind of leave this up to you. Where do you think we should start?
1: Man, so I've been hearing a lot of stuff down in the AFC South, and Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of rookies down there as well that I think... Would be worthy to talk about. Okay. I think we should start with the champs of the division from last year, that being the Tennessee Titans. Who from that team are you really looking forward to having on your fantasy team this year?
0: I think Robert Woods right now is a steal. I think that he's a guy who slotted in to be the wide receiver one in Tennessee. Um, When you look at, you know, his ACL injury, people have been kind of fading Fading them in, uh, in redrafts from how the ADB is kind of shaking out. So, when we want to talk about Robert Woods, he's going for a pretty pretty big discount. He's going at a ADP of 103. Wow. If you play in a 12-team league, you're getting Robert Woods in like the ninth or 10th round.
1: That's crazy, dude. Where is uh, Traylon Burks going there, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Traylon Burks is actually going ahead of him at ADP of 81, meaning that if you're in a 12-team league... You're getting them around around round seven-ish?
1: That's crazy, dude. Me, even as a Traylon Burks dynasty holder right now, I think that if you want to get the best wide receiver from this team this year, Mm -hmm. it has to be Robert Woods. And there's reports coming out now that that ACL, Mm -hmm. it's basically nothing. He looks like he's completely back to normal. He doesn't even have a knee brace anymore. The guy is just good to go. Like, all these hopes that people are saying, oh, is he going to be ready by week one? This is me... With no sources saying he's going to be ready week one.
0: Take you from him. So, wait, let me get this straight. You think that Rob Woods is going to be the wide receiver one for the Tennessee Titans this year?
1: I do. And him going in a, around, what, you said he's getting drafted around 103 right now? So, around 80. the 10th, 11th? Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Like, this guy is going to be the one on that team. He's going to end up being probably a wide receiver three at... that's probably going to be his
0: kind of his floor
1: yeah dude i think that's going to be his floor and like if you can pop off like if you can get that play action fucking deep ass pass to robert woods behind all the safeties for a touchdown i think that this guy if you can continue to do that throughout the year this guy could honestly end up being within that wide receiver two if not maybe the bottom tier of wide receiver one I just think that this guy's going to see all those targets that are going to be missing. He's not going to have any of the other wide receivers that were really there before that Tannehill really had much chemistry with. Uh So I think a veteran presence with Tannehill on that team is going to do numbers.
0: Uh You know, I kind of agree with you. Actually, I do agree with you fully. I know when people think about the Tennessee Titans, they kind of get stuck on Derrick Henry uh in dynasty leagues there's been a lot of talk about malik willis obviously there's been a lot of talk about Traylon burks also hooper just got there robert woods is kind of that guy who's just lurking in the shadows ready to attack like what i mean by that is he's going yo robert Woods is going to like wide receiver 42
1: yeah dude it's ridiculous
0: that like that's disrespectful bro he's about to be the wide receiver one for, you have to name 41 better fantasy receivers than robert woods can do you think that's gonna happen no
1: nah, dude i don't know if i could name 29
0: i can't do it When he got injured last year, he had only played nine games. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the season got extended to 17, so that's about, that's close to 50% of the games he played in. Right. He, in PPR leagues, he went for 137 points in nine games, which means he averaged about 15 points a game.
1: That's sick. That's great value.
0: That's amazing value. At worst, that's high-end wide receiver two production. Mm Mm-hmm maybe he catches 15 less catches. Right. You know, uh, sees 20 less targets. Right. I think that because he's sliding in at a higher target share than what was available in Los Angeles, right. I got to assume that he's a talented enough receiver to go and get his, and that's going to result in him outperforming an ADP of fucking wide receiver 42. That's so disrespectful, bro. It's uh, yeah. so disrespectful yeah. for yeah. you to say something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the schemes, like, I understand the... The Rams are obviously a high-power, high-flying offense, and the Titans, Mm -hmm. they're really just, like, running the dirt. They're going to control the ball. They'll take their shots when needed, though.
0: It's in the mouth.
1: And Robert Woods is that shot that is going to, you know, be this team's catalyst. Yep. Like, he's going to be great. He's going to be the person who's going to probably be out there on, like, when there's one wide receiver sets because you know they're going to be smashing the ball down their throats. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be able to scamper off, and do his shit. I mean, he's a he's a schemy ass that he's gonna be great out there. But one person I want to talk about, who's in the same room that I've been hearing a lot of buzz about, mm-hmm. Kyle Phillips, dude.
0: Yo, he's a dog, bro. We talked about him a little bit in the um, in the preseason pods, and we talked about how he had the ability, at least, uh, to really be somebody special. Now, he's 23 in the league. He graduated as a senior. Right. You know how the fantasy f- community loves to kind of fade those seniors, those four-year players. But he was taken in the by, by the Titans pretty late in the draft. I believe uh, he was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. So, to an extent, you could say he's somewhat of like a like a Traylon Burks insurance policy, but he plays a completely different game. When you look at Kyle Phillips, he's a lot – maybe crisper of a route runner mm-hmm. than Traylon burks is he's obviously smaller than trailing burks is right but he he has great hands mm-hmm. and so he's somebody who can come in and i think that his game is going to transition and perform much better in the nfl than maybe it could have in college
1: no doubt dude i think that right now i think if you give him two three years to really develop into an nfl wide receiver like For example, Hunter Renfro didn't really uh, spring out until about his third year either. Mm -hmm. And so, I think with Kyle Phillips, just because when you look at that team, it's kind of decimated with wide receivers. I think that he has an opportunity this year to kind of shine out a bit. And I think that he also has the ability to obviously be a catalyst on that team going forward as well because he's on his rookie deal. He has all the time in the world to kind of develop because as a fifth-round pick, not a bunch is really expected of you right away. Like, if you look at the Packers with MVS, he was drafted in the fifth as well, Mm
0: -hmm. and they
1: gave him time to develop. But then the last couple years, they have been kind of leaning on him. Mm -hmm. So kind of think of the same stuff for Kyle Phillips, I think, in my opinion. But I think that, I mean, you talked about his routes, but I guess even at practice, they've just been impressed with his quickness. And, I mean, that's just great to hear, man. If he's yeah. coming out and doing that stuff right away, he's obviously there ball out and win a spot.
0: I think Kyle Phillips has a trajectory of maybe like a Cole Beasley. Okay. He has a lot of short area quickness, and he's not going to get maybe the longest longest death of target. So he's not going to be catching a ton of bombs. I think that a lot of his work is going to come, you know, more so in like the middle of the field, maybe closer to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. He has gray hands, and Ryan Tannehill even commented on the guy. Uh, a couple days ago and said that Kyle Phillips the one thing that stood out to, to Ryan about Kyle Phillips is that he ran really great routes. Mm-hmm. He was an excellent route uh, runner. And so I think that he has a ton of talent there's a lot of pressure on Traylon Burks right. but maybe he can step in, be effective, and take a little bit of that off and they can shine as a rookie duo mm-hmm. keeping it in the realm of receivers we obviously gotta address the elephant in the room and that's Traylon Burks Traylon Burks had some, you know, controversy. You could call it some bullshit happening at camp. Folks were saying that he was out of shape. Right. He's been balling out the last few days, and now he's starting to kind of look like the guy we projected him to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's reports out now Traylon Burks in good condition for camp. Mm-hmm. Like, we all knew this was going to happen. We You talked about before with his asthma stuff. Once you just give him a little bit of time to develop and just get into that workout plan, he's going to do fine. He's an athlete. You look at him and you know, you wouldn't really think he's going to have those issues. But with asthma, I mean, you just got to let it take its toll and work with it. And, you know, now he's ready to go. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be the wide receiver two on this year or on this team this year. And I think that he's going to have probably, I'd say his ceiling is probably going to be, I mean, if Robert Woods doesn't ball out like I'm projecting, I think that he could possibly be a high-end wide receiver two.
0: You think? Do you think Traylon goes for over 60 catches this year?
1: I think he could have around 60 catches in that offense, yes. I oh. think that maybe his max catches this year will probably be around like that 75 range. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of a stretch when you consider what type of offense they run.
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think that he has more than, let's say, 850 yards next year?
1: That's tough to say, man. It depends on what type of routes and everything that he's going to be running. Mm -hmm. I guess I can't really say I've watched a bunch of tape of their offense this year, Yeah. but that wouldn't be a stretch. If you could get those 75 catches, I think he could get over 85 or 850 yards, yeah.
0: Let me ask you this last question. Do you think Traylon Burks goes for more or less than five touchdowns this year?
1: At the end of the day, I think because of his rushing ability, I think that he will surpass six touchdowns.
0: So, those numbers that I rattled off in terms of over under 60 ish catches, 850 ish yards, five touchdowns. Yeah. That was A.J. Brown's production last season. Wow. In that same Tennessee Titans offense that everyone has been saying Traylon Burks has to step in to replace.
1: That's fair, man. I mean, if we could see Ryan Tannehill be able to shoulder the load and throw it around a bit. Because I think that King Henry, who I want to talk about here in a second, mm-hmm. but I think just with his injury, and obviously he's been rehabbing all of the offseason and even made it back for the postseason, yep. I think that at some point the Titans do have to look about spreading out the ball a bit and taking the load off of him a little. Yeah. So I think everything that you just said, could he outperform A.J. Brown? What A.J.
0: Brown did last year. Now, let me add in the note. Possibly. Because I don't think I made this clear, but A.J. Brown played 13 of 17 games. Right. So that was his 13-game production. But I think that's also relevant, too, because when you look at Traylon Burks' profile, is very similar to A.J. Brown. I think that he's used pretty similarly to A.J. Brown. And that's a physical role, man. He's going to do a lot of blocking. He's going to, obviously, take a lot of, you know, in the middle, middle of the field type of throws. lot of intermediate routes going in and trailing burks you know we hear a little bit about about his conditioning i don't think that is too much of anything to worry about Mm -hmm. but if he doesn't get over 60 catches 850 yards and five touchdowns this year there's gonna be a lot more noise coming out of camp and i think that's the last thing that team wants right now for sure that's the last thing that gm wants that coach wants because if that happens they all look terrible yeah so I think that there's going to be a concerted effort to make sure he gets the ball. Obviously, we hope for health for all of our players. And another player that I think uh, dealt with some health scares last year was, as you said earlier, Derrick Henry. Right. Derrick Henry, he's going off the board as like a RB3, RB4. I mean, he's about to be 29. He's 28 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell me i guess more about how you feel about Derrick Henry because i know you have him in one of our leagues
1: yeah dude i have him in our dynasty league and i absolutely love the guy as far as w- the numbers that he puts out mm-hmm. i think one of the things that obviously makes those numbers go throughout the throughout the game throughout the season is the volume that he gets mm-hmm. and what i'm scared of is a lesser volume from him this year because of i mean just increase in age Starting to get injured a bit. I mean, he's huge. Like, he's a good fucking running back. Yeah. But do I think he, that he's going to be that RB3 this year? Possibly not. I think that he could still crack the RB8 spot and be below Top that. Yeah. But I do think that there's going to be a little bit, just a little bit of... Uh, Some
0: regression, maybe.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of regression. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good word for it. I think that he's going to be, obviously... A, A top running back though I mean if you're taking him top 3 I don't know what you're thinking at this point I think maybe I could be eating those words But I don't see this guy Being the RB1, RB2 anymore I think that those days are kind of Behind him but I think that he's definitely Definitely worth an RB1 spot in your fantasy team
0: I'm gonna give you A list Of either ors It's only gonna be 3 people because they're projecting Derrick Henry to be around RB3. Would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry?
1: Jonathan Taylor.
0: Would you rather have CMC or Derrick Henry?
1: CMC at this point.
0: Would you rather have Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry?
1: Austin Eckler.
0: Would you rather have Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry just for an additional one?
1: Uh, probably Derrick Henry.
0: Okay. So he falls a little bit later um, in that realm of running back rankings. There's a whole lot more people we could go through. But um, he's definitely somebody interesting. I think that he's going a little bit higher of where he should. Like you said earlier, we could easily be eating our words.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, the last couple of years, other than this past one where he was injured and missed half the fucking season, mm-hmm. the guy was RB1, RB2, and then RB13 back in 2018. Mm-hmm. So obviously if he's gonna get the same volume he could be a one or a two yeah. my biggest thing is i don't think that's gonna happen this year just with like i said getting beat up a bit mm-hmm. and everything like that man so right now take take henry as like an rb5 but i think that if you're looking to get a running back who's going to be the workhorse for your team yeah it's probably jt out of the same division mm-hmm. with the
0: colts with the colts let's go
1: so, dude, JT, he's a beast. I mean, I just, I've been raving about this guy the last six years just because he's been from, like, he went to school in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. And he was a track athlete out in New Jersey, which I was really uh, impressed with. And then he really saw that speed at Wisconsin. Well, he's from New Jersey? He's from New Jersey.
0: Is that where he went? Well, he went to college. Matt. Oh, shit, I didn't, I didn't remember really
1: that. Yeah, he was originally from New Jersey, went to Wisconsin, and now he's with the Colts. That's a
0: random-ass transition.
1: Yeah, (laughs) man. So, anyways, JT, he's obviously going to be a top three running back, I think, this year, bearing injury. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he's going to really get injured this year. I think that he's going to stay on the same trajectory that he's at. Mm -hmm. Just because, yes, he has a huge volume of carries that he sees every year, Mm -hmm. but he's been seeing that for the past couple years, and I think at this point Mm -hmm. he's probably used to it. Or he's definitely fucking used to it. Let me take that back. And he probably has the best program to get him ready and rejuvenated for the next game. No doubt. Just because of all the programs that he's been a part of. I think that he knows his routine. Mm -hmm. And I think he's excited to go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know. I just think that right now, I don't think there's any sort of worry that you should have with Jonathan Taylor. Mm. That being said, where do you have him ranked this year, Doug? RB1. You think RB1? What about the possibility of like Naheem Hines playing more of a role? I've seen some of that stuff especially with him uh signing a new contract. Yeah. Where do you think that Naheem Hines is going to play out in that offense?
0: They paid Naheem too. They did. He Big. got a, He got a, so Naheem Hines got a 3-year 18 million dollar contract with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts have a built-in out in 2023. Mm-hmm. So, essentially after this season, they can cut him. They would cut their dead cap by nearly half as much. Okay. Right now, I think it's like 7.8. It would be like three-something. Mm-hmm. But I think they signed him for a reason. They want to alleviate Jonathan Taylor of just 400 touches every single year. Right. Because you want to preserve the guy. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has the potential to be a gold jacket running back.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think he's definitely on that trajectory right now.
0: I don't think you just want to kill the kid in his first contract. You want to get production out of him, of course. But I think that the Colts are a family-run organization that loves, appreciates, and respects Jonathan Taylor for what he's done to that team. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing just leader. He's a great player. And he goes... The offense goes as he goes. So I think that Jonathan Taylor's an RB1 in Dynasty, lock and load RB1. He's potentially the most valuable player in fantasy. If you play Superflex, it's between him or Josh Allen. But there's been some changes on that team, especially at the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, man, that's crazy.
0: So Carson Wentz is, you know, he was kind of a running quarterback, I guess. He just scrambled and did random shit. Yep. Now you have Matt Ryan there.
1: Yeah, dude. Super impressed by the guy. Obviously, coming from the Falcons, this guy is, by the book, he does everything to a T. Like, you've heard so many people that they've gone through Carson Wentz. They've gone through, you know... The last few uh, years, they've had a new quarterback, like, the last three years. Mm-hmm. So, they see Matt Ryan, and they're really impressed. Like, everyone is just raving about the guy, how he's so uh, decisive. He's so, you know, he gets everyone's attention, and he actually leads.
0: He does. He's so, a leader. He's the leader.
1: Yeah, man. I just like what's going on right now in yep. Indy. I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be much of, like, a fantasy football asset. But what I do think is that that team is primed and fancy aside, I think they could definitely get into the playoffs and do a lot of damage.
0: How does Matt Ryan affect Michael Pittman's fantasy value?
1: I think there's obviously some upside with that. We've seen what Matt Ryan could do with a similar type of wide receiver down in you know Atlanta. With I think Julio Jones could almost be a decent comp to mm-hmm. Michael Pittman. Yeah, and that. And now, Michael Pittman being younger, everything like that, I think that they're going to have a great connection just built off of what he was able to see uh, Julio do in the past. And I think that Matt Ryan's going to be coaching him up and making sure that he's ready. And plus, I'm pretty sure they have Reggie Wayne as the wide receiver coach. So I'm assuming all those guys are getting coached up hard.
0: Reggie was a dog.
1: He is a dog. Dog. He could probably still suit up, dog. He
0: could suit up, like, and <laughs> take some reps if they needed him to.
1: Deadass, that dog. That's probably why I have him.
0: So where do you think Michael Pittman finishes as far as like wide receiver tiers? Do you think he's a one wide receiver two four team? Wide receiver three team?
1: So I think right now if you're talking fantasy wise. Okay. I would be comfortable having him as my two, I think.
0: Like a high-end two? Like, would you take him? Them-
1: so, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to fall in the rankings just because I'm not sure what sort of relationship they have with Matt Ryan or anything yet. Yeah, I think it's going to blossom into a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so, I think he's just going to lock him in as a two. Okay. I just can't tell you exactly where he's going to be between uh, 11 and 20. Like, I really can't.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough sell either sell. But I,
1: I think regardless, he's going to be within that range. And as a fantasy owner, especially if you're in like a 12, 14 man, I think that that's great value for where he's going. And currently, he's going around that 45 spot. So around like the end of the third, fourth round. Yeah. So I like his positioning right now to be my wide receiver two on my team.
0: You want to know the one thing that makes me... Uh, pretty pretty interested to see what Michael Pittman does What's up, bro? The Colts signed a cornerback this offseason that no one's talking about Oh They signed Stephon Gilmore Oh Michael Pittman's lining up against Stefan Gilmore every day in practice and catching passes from Matt Ryan
1: Oh, dude, big, big defensive podcast
0: Yo, I'm just saying, my man is getting practiced daily, twice a day, against arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL
1: yeah, man, I mean, you can't take away that veteran presence and, you know, what he can teach the offense from his point of view.
0: Man, if Pittman's lining up against Stefan Gilmore and then getting on track with Matt Ryan on the process, I'm going to assume that when the season comes around, a grown-up, you know what I'm saying, that Matt Ryan is and that organization being the Colts, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume Michael Pittman has his shit together. Oh, absolutely, dude. So I think that he's the established one, and I think he's going to start acting like it. And I agree with you, man. I think that he's a wide receiver to lock it. And if shit kind of just goes his way, um, he catches a couple, maybe one or two more touchdowns uh, than we expect. He could easily kind of uh, find his way into that wide receiver one talk.
1: I think that's kind of crazy. I don't know if a year ago I would say that I'd be thinking about him like this. But with the increase of a quarterback, I... Let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. I hate Carson Wentz as my quarterback. Okay. I don't want anything to do with his wide receivers. And it pains me to say that because I've fallen in love with Harry McCorn. But
0: you. Okay. back to
1: the Colts, I think that <laughs> there's two wide receivers that you could really pin down this year. And I think it's Michael Pittman, who we said you could probably get around that uh, late round three, round yep. four, possibly five. Okay. And the other who one, else? Alec Pierce.
0: Oh. So this guy's
1: a rookie. We've talked about him a shit ton, but he's coming out of Cincinnati, okay. and people are impressed with him, dude. Right now, he is just getting work with the second team, All right. but I think personally, he's gonna be working with the first team within the next couple weeks. Especially after he plays a couple preseason games. Okay. I think that this guy's profile is too... I don't know. Don't get me wrong. He could just pan out to be nothing. But I think that this guy is able to go. The guy is 6'3", just over 210. And he's only 22 years old. So he still has time to learn a bit. But I think that they drafted him in the second round, which is huge capital... Uh-huh. for a reason and I think that he and Matt Ryan could also you know start a great relationship and a good chemistry uh if given a chance once he is able to run with the ones which I think he, like I said he'll prove to do here within the next couple weeks I guess what would what would your thoughts be of Alec Pierce in that whole wide receiver room I guess
0: I don't like Alec Pierce a lot but I've been hearing a lot of great things about Paris Campbell.
1: Sure, okay. So
0: Alec Pierce obviously has that potential to kind of serve as the burner in this in this team. I think he ran like a four four one forty.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he placed, uh, according to Player Profiler, he was in the ninety fifth percentile for a speed score, and in terms of uh, rookie receivers coming out this year, he was in the ninetieth percentile. So to kind of break down what the fuck that means, he was better than ninety percent of the class in terms of just raw speed and just. Right. You know 40 time and shit like that
1: Yeah and then he also had like a plus 40 Vertical all this stuff all the things That you want to see the guy has all these Tangibles
0: yeah physically I mean The man's like 6'3 right. So when you Combine size and speed that typically Leads to production yep. As you would assume uh, I think my biggest hesitation with that is Just seeing how often Matt Ryan's willing to chuck a deep For sure I know he's getting up there in age I know he's gonna do it But I just don't know what what consistency for sure you well, know
1: let's uh let's walk it back here for a second you said that you like paris campbell
0: i like paris campbell
1: why do you like paris campbell
0: i like paris campbell because he's had time in the system okay obviously he's been in the system now for a couple of years he's kind of hitting that age to where we tend to see breakouts uh, amongst a lot of players okay uh, paris campbell i think just from his expertise he's having an amazing camp from everything i hear or in everything i read on twitter um, You know he, he has some real potential And I'm looking at his ADP In fantasy football He's essentially going in a place to where you can grab him In like the damn near the last round Right, He's going at an ADP of 194 Right Crazy So uh, you can grab him in like the 15th round I think he has value I believe he has upside mm-hmm. I expect his ADP to rise prior to uh, Prior to the actual draft For a lot of us uh, We draft him on Labor Day basically and, um, I don't think that this is going to be the highest uh, volume passing offense by any means, okay. but I think that when you're talking about target share and earning target share and all that other kind of shit, yeah. I think that just because Paris Campbell is a veteran, he's going to be gifted that initial target share, and it's up to him to decide what kind of what he does with it. Mm-hmm. So do you bet on him to do it, or do you bet on him to fail? And I like his prospect profile enough to say that I I bet on him doing it.
1: For sure, man. Well... You're not wrong by saying the volume might not be there because when you look at the Colts last year, they did rank at 28th in passing yards, 27th in passing attempts. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it plays a key part when your quarterback can't do shit for you. You mm-hmm. probably don't want to pass the ball much. Mm-hmm. But now that you have a rock star with Matt Ryan, I think you could probably see those numbers probably get boosted up around, I'd say, at least a 20 mark. Yeah. At least with him. And then, obviously, you'll still see a huge running output with JT, and he might be getting more passes out of the backfield. Who mm-hmm.
0: knows? And let me clear that. I think that Alec Pierce is the better buy long term. Okay. But okay. I just think that just simple redraft going into 2022. Give me Paris Campbell because apparently he's showing great chemistry with Ryan. He's a vet. understands the it's a system. He's not going to have those rookie mistakes. And I know he hasn't been anything to talk about in fantasy the last few years, but I do think that uh, if it's ever going to happen, it's going to have to be now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens with that but let's keep it moving let's keep it going let's go down to florida they got a fucking team stacked with fantasy players that everyone's talking about everyone's bubbling about and uh, a lot of you are probably out there shopping for at a cheap price and it has the payout to potentially help you win a championship i'm looking at a list of players for the jaguars and they got a lot of guys i want to start off and i want to talk about another receiver in christian kirk who just got there
1: Bro, talk about someone who just got paid.
0: He got paid a lot.
1: Dog, he literally put all this stuff in the motion. Like, when you're talking about the A.J. Brown stuff, like, mm-hmm. everyone getting traded, everyone getting paid. Yep. Because of this motherfucker, dude. Motherfucker. This guy is...
0: Organizations hate him, bro. He's a terror.
1: But I will say this, as far as fancy, I think he's the dank. Yeah. I think right now he's definitely, definitely going to be the one on that team, I would assume. No doubt. And it seems like Trevor Lawrence is really liking the connection with him already and so obviously if he's gonna be the one on that team with Trevor Lawrence who he can sling the ball boys and gals out there. yeah like when he was at Clemson this guy was a dog dog and Christian Kirk big dog big dog like we saw this guy at uh you know over in Arizona last year. he ended up being the wide receiver 26. Mm -hmm. So, not terrible around that wide receiver of three range, but he also had a bunch of wide receivers in front of him. Yeah, for sure. Now that he has his own, you know, plate to eat off of, I think that he could probably honestly have the ability to get within that high end wide receiver two, if not wide receiver one.
0: Okay. See, I like Christian Kirk a lot, similar to you. So, when we look at what he did last year in Arizona, he was wide receiver 26. Yep. And my man saw, uh, I think, around 103 targets. Yeah. If we want to talk about him getting a larger target share now as a primary weapon, as opposed to fighting DeAndre Hopkins for it.
1: AJ Green.
0: And a high-volume passing offense that the Jaguars have been the last couple of years. He's gonna get a lot of opportunity, and he's gonna get a lot of, uh, you know, deep passes down the field.
1: No doubt, dude. I could, if you want to talk targets, I could see this guy's getting around the one forty to one fifty market with that team.
0: It's, I, I really do. He's one of those players where it's not, it's not a sexy pick, right? Like you're not gonna go draft Christian Kirk and feel amazing about yourself. Your
1: boys are probably gonna give you. Your some boys shit are gonna clown you. Out.
0: For the week or however long it takes for you guys to play the first game, you're going to be stressing out about him, picking out your hair. Y'all. Yeah. But having Christian Kirk in your lineup is going to work you wonders. He's going to be an every-week starter for you, at least at wide receiver three. Yep. If not flex. And my man has tremendous upside simply because Trevor Lawrence is likely going to have to throw it fucking 40 times a game. And he's going to be the primary read on a lot of plays. Trevor Lawrence is still young, and he wants to find his guys, establish his guys, and establish a rhythm right for his own passing volume. And Christian Kirk is going to be a beneficiary of that. If he saw 103 targets last year in Arizona behind DeAndre Hopkins, imagine what the jump is this year as the primary weapon in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you know how we we're talking about Robert Woods being around that 103 mark? Christian Kirk literally right after him with 105. Mm-hmm. So there is huge upside with these guys, and people are completely look overlooking them because they think that mm-hmm. some Joe Schmo, who is the wide receiver three on a team, is going to outperform them. And no, it's not. Look at the actual target share. Look at who's actually going to be passing and catching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And let's not get our hopes up. The wide receiver ones are always going to outperform those wide receiver threes on high volume teams, I think. I, I truly do believe that.
0: You know, and another thing I think you at home need to stop doing is Trevor, you need to respect Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence came into the league as a Peyton Manning style uh, prospect. He's been the hottest shit by all accounts of any NFL person you talk to. Yep. He's been the hottest shit out in forever.
1: Y'all,
0: yep. Trevor Lawrence, it is within his range of outcomes to be a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Let me repeat that it is within the range of outcomes for Trevor Lawrence to be a better NFL quarterback than Kyler Murray. I agree. You are buying Christian Kirk at an extreme value in redraft. I don't know how many of you are, you know, so focused on dynasty with redraft drafts coming up. You're probably getting ready to, you know what I'm saying, get a guy in your home league. You're probably doing mock drafts to figure out what the ADP is for a redraft. Mm-hmm. But Christian Kirk is a dog. And you're talking about a guy who's going to see more target volume. He's going to be in a pass-heavy offense. He's going to be the number one option. And his quarterback has the one of the highest ceilings in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I would put his arm up against just about anyone's
0: seriously i mean
1: he has a tremendous arm he just has zero time in the pocket yeah and he's also extremely young
0: yeah there's gonna be a day to where josh allen versus trevor lawrence is gonna be primetime tv
1: that's disgusting considering that's the jaguars
0: it's gonna be patrick mahomes versus trevor lawrence in a few years
1: that's crazy bro
0: like he has hella potential and don't get too down on him because he had the He had Urban Meyer as his head coach.
1: Right, and he still wasn't even the bottom barrel quarterback. He was a quarterback 23 on that team. Yep. Which, not terrible when you look at all the, you know, things that could have happened within that team. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. But one thing that I really like about Trevor Lawrence is his relationship with their running back on that team, Travis Etienne. Dog. The guy is a dog, and everyone is saying that he's the breakout Uh, player from the camp right now. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, he is going to miss a Hall of Fame game. We're not going to really see him out there, but Travis Etienne in my opinion could be a wide, or I'm sorry.
0: Damn near a wide receiver.
1: (laughs) Travis Etienne could be a running back one in this year. I, I, I truly do believe that. Yeah, Travis Etienne, if he sees the output, if he sees everything that I believe he could see, it could be huge. Obviously, Doug Peterson does like to use multi-back systems, which does suck. Yeah. So maybe he'll see a little bit of a downtick in that and be a mm-hmm. running back too. Mm-hmm. But, dog. Yeah. If you can get Travis Etienne, where he's getting drafted right now and he can be your two, that is going to be great. He's going right now. He's getting ADP at 40. And that could be your running back too, dog.
0: Of overall.
1: Overall, yeah. Fortieth yes. like player 40th taken ADP. or. F-
0: okay, I thought you meant running back for a second.
1: No. Yeah. ADP wise, if you want to look at that, he's going yeah, yeah around forty. So, I think that at the end of the day, if you're th- if you're talking Brees Hall or Travis Etienne, I gotta try I gotta take Travis Etienne. If you're taking uh, Antonio Gibson or Travis Etienne, definitely Travis Etienne. Etienne, then, Let me ask you this, dog. This might not be a sexy question, but would, you, <laughs> but would you rather have Leonard Fournette or Travis Etienne right now?
0: Give me, give me Lenny.
1: Really? Why do Lenny. you think that?
0: Give me Lenny because. Lenny seems to be in shape All that out of shape shit Just seems like it kind of Came out of nowhere
1: I'm not even talking about That stuff
0: What I'm I I like His offense is gonna Consistently be In the red zone
1: Okay
0: Right So they have Rashad White Behind him You know And Brady is A big person Who throws to, to Running backs but I think that he also personally kind of brought back Leonard Fournette. I think that Leonard Fournette has been effective during the time he's been in Tampa Bay. Okay. And he's going to probably score more touchdowns than Travis Etienne is.
1: That's an interesting take. And maybe I'll be eating my words. But I personally, I would rather have Travis Etienne on my team.
0: So let me say this. One of the most important things that you can do for your fantasy team to win leagues, especially if you play in BPR is to go out and get running backs on pass heavy offenses that are going to be integrated into the game plan. Travis Etienne is a pass catching monster with his college quarterback and an offense that's probably going to toss it up 30 to 40 times a game. Travis Etienne for PPR is going to be a monster, but he also has the potential to go ahead and eclipse over 700 rushing or I'm sorry, 700 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. While also getting those rushing attempts, he's still explosive in the run game. We don't know what's happening with James Robinson and his injury, but Travis Etienne could easily go for over 700 receiving yards and maybe 400 ish, 500 ish uh, rushing yards. So when you look at all that combined, maybe he gets a handful of touchdowns, if not more. You want to add in the production from his catches. For PPR ranks, he's probably his floor is running back two. But like you referenced earlier, running back one is within the range of outcomes for Travis Etienne. And I'm going to repeat that. Running back one is in the range of outcomes for Travis Etienne. He's the star of training camp, right? Right. Pass, catch, a monster, right? Yup. Playing with this college quarterback who he has years of established chemistry with, right? Yup. And an offense that's going to be behind and have to toss it up a lot, right?
1: Most likely.
0: With a coach who loves pass-catching running backs, right? Yeah. What the fuck about that doesn't sound sexy?
1: Exactly, man. And that's why I would be willing to take this guy over Leonard Fournette. And that's just me personally. But there is one other team in this division that I need to talk about here quick. There's only a couple players. One of them that I'm probably most excited for, Damian Pierce of the Texans. Damian Pierce is a rookie running back on that team. And I truly think that this guy has all the potential to be the running back one on this team by the end of the year. And this guy could probably help you make a playoff run and quite possibly win your league.
0: Um,
1: Talk to me about Damian Pierce. Do you have the same outlook that I have on him? Or where do you got this guy right now?
0: I think that Davis Mills as the quarterback is going to make somewhat of a jump next year. I think that that team is going to be a little bit better than people are expecting, but I'm not that excited for Damian Pierce. I think that for his current draft value of being maybe like a end of the draft pick, you know, he could return some production for you if he gets to be the running back one for that squad. I think I don't really want a running back on the Texans. I think that even as an RB1 in terms of fantasy running backs, you're going to be your ceiling is like maybe running back 20-ish. But I think that Damian Pierce is going to have to fight to kind of earn that starting role. He's going to have to overcome Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead either off-rip or sometime in the middle of the season. And he could be a nice playoff push guy to have on your roster that you'd have to stash, Mm -hmm. but you'd have to stash him.
1: No doubt, dude. So right now, he's going around the 119. Mm -hmm. That's where he's getting drafted typically. So if you're in a time man... That's around the 12th round, so yes, it's a later round pick. And currently, the only action that it looks like he's seeing is inside run work and kick return. Mm -hmm. So, right now, it probably doesn't sound too promising, but if you want to look at who else they have for running backs in that system, I think that it only makes sense that Damian Pierce, if he's given an opportunity, because if you've seen what he did at Florida, the guy was a dog. Dog. And that's all we talked about here, our certified dogs.
0: Or or um touchdown vultures.
1: Facts. And I think Damian Pierce has the ability to honestly be both of those. Obviously, the Texans probably won't be seeing a lot of touchdowns this year. No. But I think with Dougie Mills, I think that this guy could actually do some work there.
0: Wait, whoa, what did you just call him? Dougie Mills, old
1: David Dougie Mills. Is that his name now? I guess so. That's what the PMS keeps calling himself.
0: Dougie?
1: Dougie Mills. So.
0: All right, that just boosted his ADP, like, plus five for me. Right,
1: that's what I'm saying, dude. Keep on. But I just think that Damian Pierce truly could be the sleeper on this team that no one's really talking about right now. Mm -hmm. But I think that he could be huge just down the line as a running back for your fantasy team because injuries are going to happen. You're going to be scraping for a running back. The Texans are Mm -hmm. probably going to be scraping for a running back. And they'll have Damian Pierce just walk onto the field Mm -hmm. and be a boss.
0: How do you feel about Brandon Cooks?
1: I like Brandon Cooks, dude. I think he's a solid fantasy play overall. Like we were talking about before, like Christian Kirk and all this stuff where they have these lower draft positions brandon cook not necessarily i think he's around like the 40 50 range
0: yeah like fourth or fifth round
1: yeah but like if you look at him as a certified one on that team i think it makes sense where he's getting drafted and i like him Mm -hmm. i would take a wide receiver one in the fifth round for sure Mm -hmm. that that makes all the sense in the world for me because i know what he sees every year they didn't really draft much of a wide receiver to really take much away from him and unfortunately for john mechie he's not going to probably be around this year Mm -hmm. and so i just think right now there it makes all the sense in the world that he's going to be the one on that team Mm -hmm. i think last year when he saw 134 targets i think he'd probably see around 150 this year if i'm going to be honest
0: yeah i think that um you know Brandon cooks is a solid wide receiver too he doesn't have a super high ceiling, I guess. If you're grabbing him right now his ADP probably demands that he goes at the end of the 5th, right. beginning of the 6th, but we all know we play in leagues where people value Brandon Cooks at just such different levels. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like the middle of the middle of the meat kind of, like there's a lot of people who think of him higher. Right. And there's people that think of him lower, but getting a consensus on this guy is almost impossible.
1: Yeah, I would just say if you have an opportunity to take him in that 5th round, yeah, I would do it. I personally would.
0: But you know,
1: let me talk about one person, unless you got something else to say about Cooks.
0: I was going to say, last year, Cooks went for 134 targets yeah. and brought in 90 receptions. He had over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Yep. I think that those numbers are going to be pretty consistent. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at... I'm sorry, but I'm looking I'm at the last arguing. two years in Houston. Both years in Houston, my man has six touchdowns each year, mm-hmm. had relatively the same amount of yards, and close to the same amount of receptions, and played about the same amount of games. For sure. I don't think anything's going to change unless Nicole Collins pops out, which he can be a useful receiver, but uh, we'll have to wait and kind of see with that. I think Cooks is a pretty safe wide receiver too, and he's going around where he should go.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there's going to be an increase in production from him this year compared to last. Just mm-hmm. with the whole team, I think it's going to go in a better direction.
0: Who do you want to talk about?
1: I want to talk about Brevin Jordan, the tight end on that team.
0: Dog.
1: No, so this guy, so he's a rookie last year. He's going into his second year this year. Bravin Jordan, at he ended up being the tight end 44, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I think this guy has the possibility to be around like that tight end 15 this smart or this year if he's able to get the starting role. Mm-hmm. If you look at his profile, dude, he's just he's huge, and he seems like he doesn't have like any sort of like catching issues or anything like it just seems like he's just making plays Mm -hmm. like it just seems like he lacks like chances Mm -hmm. so if he gets the chances if he's getting you know the ability to show out what he can do i think he's definitely like one of those better receiving tight ends i mean he's 6'3 245 so kind of on that smaller end for a tight end but i think he does create those mismatches and when you're looking for mismatches on a team that has basically no one that you can throw yeah. to, mm-hmm. it makes sense to throw to this guy. Yeah, And in the games that he did play last year, the guy kind of balled out. He had 11 points against the Rams, which ended up being, you know, four targets. He ended up getting yep. 41 yards yep. and a toddy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Like, I just think that this guy, once he is able to show what he can do, if you're looking for a sleeper, if you want to just you know have someone on your bench that you want to throw a flyer at, mm. this guy could possibly it be it. Otherwise, if you're looking for someone to pick up in free agency, this guy could definitely be it because he's not getting drafted. Yeah. I mean, when you look yeah. at the team, it's he's just not, not sexy. It's not. And he's so, not gonna get yeah. Yeah, so I think if you're looking for a flyer,
0: maybe end of the draft, last round ish.
1: Revin Jordan. If you need a tight end one week, if yours goes down and you're like, dang, who am I going to pick up? Just remember what John Dugo told you. Brevin Jordan could pop off.
0: Yeah. And, you know, another thing about Brevin is that he's kind of – Farrell Brown is considered to be the starting tight end for the team, uh, more so because he's a better blocker. But Brevin Jordan is going to be the focus when it comes to passing attack, right? Yeah. Now, you look at last year – how or, I'm sorry, Lovey Smith – Kind of made reference to the fact that the Texans were last in the league in run attempts. Mm-hmm. They were thirty second or thirty two. I do think that that's going to be a point of emphasis to to address. They're gonna they're gonna run the ball more, and that doesn't take away what I said about Brandon Cooks. But I think that in terms of tight ends, they're definitely gonna to want to have a blocking tight end in the game more often. So we'll have to see if Brevin Jordan in the second year can kind of become a better run blocker. Uh, that's definitely gonna demand for Farrell Brown to be on the field. But I was really um looking forward to what brevin jordan could do this year because mm-hmm. we talked about it this year if you guys don't follow us already go to twitter at the gumbo pod once again that's twitter at um, the gumbo pod Go going a little search thing type in brevin jordan and see the post we had about him facts we've been fans from the go and i think that that's going to come to fruition i think that he's a tight end that you should be grabbing at the end of the draft Mm-hmm. not the middle don't reach for him but go and get him in you know maybe the 15th 16th round yep. and stash him don't expect to play him much but he has all the potential in the world as a sophomore prospect now coming into a system which they love him yep. um a team that could be behind a lot he's gonna get his opportunities to shine if he had 20 catches last year i think he could potentially um you know surpass that by 50 percent. so giving him 30 at least 30 catches on the year could surpass that by a lot more but uh he is somebody that i think will be serviceable some weeks and that provide you some value you know
1: yeah i could have said it better man i mean one thing that i don't think levy puts in the place is they're always behind and that was the reason why they're throwing so much
0: mm-hmm.
1: nonetheless i think that the titan or the texans do see a lot of upside this year yeah and i think that are they gonna probably be a bottom feeder yes but don't forget. People still need to go for yards. People still need to catch balls. And that still means points for your fantasy team. And so, pick up these guys. Like we said, there's not a lot of them, but Brandon Cooks, Damian Pierce possibly, and also Brevin Jordan, along with Dougie Mills if you need a QBQ. Dougie, Dougie,
0: Dougie, all these guys, Dougie.
1: All these guys in the last place That's Texans game, could be serviceable targets for your fantasy team Jay. you got anything else for the folks
0: i ain't got nothing else man all
1: right sounds good we what?
0: just we just spent 50 minutes talking to him about the uh, afc south i think we went pretty in depth, and we covered a ton of players yeah uh we appreciate y'all make sure you go and follow us here on spotify or apple or google wherever you listen hit us up on twitter at the gumbo pod exactly how it sounds And uh, we have more content out on YouTube, just short little two, three, four-minute clips about some players that we address here on the podcast and other players that maybe we haven't delved so much into. Uh, We appreciate y'all. You know, check in every Friday. My name is John. I'm Dugo. We'll talk to y'all soon.